Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show you. Today we'll be covering the sixth episode from season two titled Farewell My Bunny and the seventh episode Existential Crisis. Bunny. Do you what, do you have a pet name for Tiffany? Is, uh, is it Bunny? No, it's just Babe. Just Babe? Yeah. That's cool. Not Bunny. I don't think I've ever heard that other than this show. Yeah, Bunny seems more like a, a kid name, like something you give a kid. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, somehow um, it's it's different. Um, lots of interesting things happened in these two episodes. I'm thrilled to be talking about them. And why don't we go ahead and get started in our top five tonight? Um, I'll kick it off this week because we were already talking about Candace. I want to talk a little bit about... Candace spilling the tea to love. Ah, this was my number four. So yeah, okay. Well, we're we're just about just about in sync again this week. So um, we can talk about that a little bit. Uh, so I, I was wrong. I'm a big person. I'll admit it. I totally thought that maybe Candace had somehow gotten to love, and that she was a whole part of her plan to take Joe down. You know, the whole revenge thing that she had going on. But looks like I was wrong. Um, that's okay. So I I was curious about how she was going to approach this. It's not entirely how I expected it to go down. I kind of felt like we were going to have some kind of confrontation. I mean, now that Candace is in the picture, it's kind of like a ticking time bomb, right? It's going to happen. Um, so it didn't quite go down like I expected it to, um, but it happened. Uh, Candace laid it all out to love. Um, Candace went, or uh, sorry, Love went through and, and had her PI get some information on her. So she, you know, blew her cover as well. I thought that whole, um, interaction between them two was pretty interesting. Um, but then it was like, poof, Candace is just gone now. Cause she was not in the second episode that we're covering tonight. She was in this one. And that's the last time that we saw her. Um, so I'm curious what happened to her. Uh, I'd like to get some thoughts on that. Um, and then it's like, she just, yeah, cause it's like, she just delivered her news. I've warned you and that's it. Bye. I'm gone. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how thoroughly satisfied I was with Candace's plan that she had to take Joe down. Um, she seemed pretty, um, intent on revenge. Um, so it seemed like, I don't know if she just kind of gave up or if she just, you know, what, what happened, what we didn't see, I guess, on camera that happened between love and Candace. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see if there's something else going on that we don't know about. Like is love purposing Candace to say, you know, we'll go get your proof about what happened to Beck because she spills the beans and she's like, he killed Beck, um, talking about Joe. And, um, so I'm wondering if maybe that's what's happened to her. Uh, I know that love says that she didn't believe Candace entirely whenever um, she confronts Joe later, um, which kind of bothered me just a little bit. I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm comfortable with love not believing Candace. I think women should believe women. Um, and I and I get that when Candace blurts out, you know, oh, he buried me in the woods and love confronts her and says that she was in the mental hospital, which there are many reasons why you can be put in the hospital. It doesn't necessarily mean um, that, that there's something really wrong with you. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I had a, I had some issues with that even after when she's confronting Joe. Um, but I thought it was kind of kind of interesting then how um, she then confronts Joe later. So what were your thoughts? Well, about I that would, whole interaction. I would think that a uh, cinnamon roll when I first saw it looked absolutely delicious, but mm-hmm. the fact that she traded salt for sugar probably made it a little bit less delicious. <laughs> That's a whole other level of psycho. Oh, do you know yeah. how long it? Do you know how long it takes to make a cinnamon roll? It's not easy, but she's is... the kind of person too that, like, when she's upset, she bakes. Yes. So I'm sure stewing in it, like, no one's like, oh, when this motherfucker eats this salted cinnamon roll. I mean, she gonna... was. She was very purposeful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was worried when he took a bite. She's like, what's it taste like? Shit. I was like, oh, did she put poop in it? I know. I thought she put <laughs> poop in it, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what Candace's goal was in breaking back into Joe's apartment. If it was because uh, she had the picture with her, but I don't see what just leaving the picture there would have solved. But, uh you know, running into love there, that interaction was interesting just because I don't, I mean, obviously my wife would be different, but like if within like a month of me being with my wife as somebody, I was like, oh my God, she buried me in the woods and tried to kill me. Then I find out that her name isn't her name. I That would cause a lot of red flags. Yes. But I'm kind of the same boat with you. It's like, well, Candace just disappeared, and she wasn't in the next episode. I don't know what episode she'll show up in any if, if she shows up ever again. Mm-hmm. I would think she would because I don't feel like her story's ended. She doesn't seem like the person that's going to take, you know, six hundred thousand dollars and be like, oh, well, Joe, who uh, off on my actual trip to France? But <laughs> right, it's it was it was interesting. I I kind of called mine. Candace spills the beans. Because uh, she definitely laid it all out there for us. Says, I'm here to protect you and your brother because with Joe, love is the most da- – if he's in love with you, you're in danger. Yeah, exactly. And that's why – and, and you know, the whole series – or the second season started out with Candace confronting Joe in New York. And then he runs to L.A. Um, she catches up with him and finds him again in in L.A. and is playing this whole game. It doesn't seem very likely that she's just going to give up. Like, you know, like she's telling Love, well, I've warned you, you know, Joe isn't, you know, or Will isn't him isn't really Will. He's Joe. And these are this is what he's done to me. This is what he he did to his um, other girlfriend after me. It, it seems hard to believe that she would just be satisfied with that and that she's just gone from the picture. I feel like some there's still something that we didn't see uh, between Love and Candace there on screen because that was the last time that we saw Candace in that episode and then she wasn't in the next episode at all. And they really didn't mention her that much except for when Joe like apologizes to Forty saying, um, you know, hey, I'm sorry I've gotten you mixed up in this whole, you know, Candace, Amy thing. And, you know, he just kind of brushes it off, you know, like no big deal. So it's like... It seems pretty hard to believe that we're just ready to write Candace off so soon. I have a feeling she's going to pop up. Yeah, I feel like there's either something pretty sinister that happened. I mean, we've all, I mean, I kind of wrote this in there. This is going to be like, with me and love, it's going to be like, uh, I don't remember what the girl's name was, but in Walking Dead, everybody's like, oh my God, she's a spy for the wolves. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Enid. Enid, yeah. So I feel like love is like a psycho serial killer is going to be my Enid in this because I feel like it just, I don't know, it just seems kind of weird and she gets kind of overly possessive and I I feel like there's a dark side to love still. 
um, which is kind of a mm-hmm. a metaphor in itself. But yeah, it's I, I'm not sure how it's going to end up. You know, maybe they're working together. Um, this whole Delilah thing's kind of throwing a wrench in that, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But I know. Uh, I mean, I feel like she's got Candace doing something for her or she's telling her, you know what, let's just, why don't you just leave and pretend like you have disappeared, like you've you've been exposed, you've exposed Joe, um, I'm going to play it this way, um, now, and, and we're going to let kind of Joe fall into this trap and we're mm. just going to see what comes of it. I could see that happening and now we know... Also, that love has this PI guy, right? That mm-hmm. she uses. So why wouldn't she now go ahead and use that PI guy just to maybe dig up some dirt? I mean, she might have his real name, but that's enough to be like, "Hey, I want you to go check this guy out and do some investigating back in New York oh, yeah. and get some info." Because I feel like that seed has been planted with us now that she has this PI, you know, um, on on her payroll um, that she can use at any time, and we know that she's not above using her PI um, when she's out to protect her or her family. So I wouldn't see her. um, I would be surprised that she's gotten in on something with Candace to make uh, Joe believe that she's out of the picture and she's really doing something. um, Yeah. I I can see that, but it seemed like in the next episode, she was a little too kind of still attached to him. Um, I think she's playing him though. Yeah, I could see it. It's what I would do. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. I mean, she is the kind of person that would mess with the cinnamon roll. I'd, so I I would be. I mean, he had a really good story though, because I could totally see how she. I mean, and maybe she did fall for it. Maybe she is like, okay, yeah, I see why you had to change your name and and run from New York because Candace. You know, he made her to be out the crazy stalker. Um, and that she was the one that ruined his relationships and destroyed, you know, his life. And the only way to get away from her was to disappear and change his name. I mean, I almost bought it when oh, he's, yeah. he's when he's selling it. He he gets himself in situations where there's little bits of truth and everything. Yeah, like the whole Beck thing. It's like we only had one date. I think she did it just to get at mm-hmm. a boyfriend or something like that. Because I mean, there's no real proof of them being this real intimate thing. Because he's you know, he made right. sure of that. So, yep. Yeah, I mean, he, he spent it well. Like, well, why do you think I don't have social media? And, you know, why do you think I had to change my name? And, you know, so, I mean, I almost believed it. So I can see where love would, I mean, maybe she does. Maybe she does believe it. Maybe she still thinks he's a lying piece of shit because, you know, she, she doesn't like liars. And, I mean, who does really? Um, but I, I think she's just like, I'm just going to make you think that I believe that because, you know, I think there is more to her. I think yeah. she's I think she's got a little psycho underneath that I, cute little I L.A. Do, I do hope that vibe. this isn't the end of Candace because if we get through the next three episodes, there's no Candace. There's no like real conclusion to that story. I'd be a little upset. I feel like that's kind of a that to me feels like the oh, crap, we got to write this person off kind of thing. Like so poppery. Yeah. But I don't think we've seen the end of her. Like I said, if if you screw with me, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel I feel that that vibe coming off of love. So I don't know. But we'll see. But I thought that that was that whole um, scene was pretty interesting and in how all of that went down. So that's my number five. I like it. So my number five is a little game that they introduced in epi- in the first episode, and it's the seven totems of yeah. LA. Yeah. 
Uh, I liked it because, you know, to me, like, when, when they first started talking about it, I was reacting like Joe was. Like, if I was in a new city and somebody's like, oh, hey, these are the totems you have to see to be a true L.A.N. or mm-hmm. a true wherever you live, like, when they ramble them off, like, I might catch one or two, but, like, I'm not going to pay attention. And I I try to keep track, but after, like, number four or five, I was like, maybe I should have wrote these down. But what I thought was really, really smart in this episode was smart, and then I kind of didn't like it at the end. But throughout the episode, you saw each of the totems kind of very passively. Yep. You know, you saw the, um, you know, the dog in the carriage. You saw the girl in the blue shorts. You saw the guy dressed as a superhero, and you heard the pack of wolves, and the, you saw the, you know, the helicopter, and you know, the last one was kind of in your face with the burning palm tree. Which, is that like a regular thing in California, burning palm trees? You know, like I said, this show makes me Google so much. So I I did a little reading and just some um, a few posts that I saw from people who do live in L.A. They say it's not common, but it does happen from time to time, especially like when it's kind of dry and there's, uh, you know, a, a storm and lightning hits it. Um, that makes yeah. sense. So I guess it's, I mean, cause here it happens here. We have trees, you know, I feel like I'm surrounded by a forest half the darn time with as much green that's around here. And it happens that lightning will hit a tree here and catch it on fire. So yeah, why they, not a palm tree? But yeah. I, I guess it's not just an, like, you're not going to see it every day, but they do say it does happen. Yeah. And so I like that they kind of did that passively and I wish they would have kept it more hidden because at the end yes. they kind of flash back to everything. It's like, Oh, well in case you missed it, here's the, here they are again. <sighs> I Which, know. I didn't like I'm, either. I'm a sucker for like, you know, when movies and shows like hide stuff, um, like the new It series, like when you go and watch that, there are like hidden Pennywise's like cameos all over the place. Yeah. Like I'm a sucker for that because you go back and watch it like, holy shit, I didn't see this. I didn't see that. Uh, so I kind of wish they would have left it because it wasn't, it wasn't hidden enough that you would have missed it if you, like, on a second or third viewing, you would have caught it pretty easily. Yeah. Because they did kind of focus on the stuff for a little bit longer. You're like, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Oh, yeah, there's that thing. Uh, but You had to I be th- kind of paying attention, I think. Yeah, if, oh, yeah, for you sure. Know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I could definitely, because, like, after I saw the first one, like, oh, wait, there's Robin's. Like, well, did I miss any of the other ones? And so then I started writing them down about after the second or third one, and I got them all. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, again, it wasn't, it wasn't too hidden like the ghost, like the ghost right. from um, Haunting, uh, the Haunting of Hill, Hill House. House. Yeah. Like, like that's another one I'm a sucker for because it's like you're looking for these ghosts and when you see them, you're like, awesome. And then you go back and see where they all actually are, where other people have found them. You're just like, oh, crap, I missed that one. Now I got to go back and watch that. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, my number five is just the L.A. totems. I thought it was kind of a cool idea. I think it'd be interesting to see like the totems of your city would be. Not your city specifically, but like just the city that people right. live in. Yeah, you know, that would be interesting because I looked it up for L.A. to see if uh, there was a, a real totems. And I think that there there are kind of like what some people consider uh, the real totems of L.A., not necessarily what they had uh, on the list for this show. But, yeah, we should I should look that up and see if, you know, what other cities have have totems. And if you see them all, then you're a true uh, citizen uh, of that that town or city. Um so, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like after they identified them when they're at the funeral and they get the number three with the two girls in the same dress at the same event, 
uh, and then they name the rest of them. So then I feel like, so then you know, you're like, okay, he's probably going to see more. I didn't know it was all going to be in the same episode. That's what I, thought I was it, thinking, yeah. I thought it was going to be between now and the time that the series, end, or not series, sorry, I keep saying that, season ended. Like it would kind of draw itself out over a couple of um, episodes, but nope, we got them all in one. And, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of fun, but I did not like at the end when they kind of wrap it all up for you all pretty um, yeah. you know, kind of in your face. And I, but I wonder, I thought, I was like, why would they do that? And then I thought, well, maybe it's because like, we're so like, and I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes I'm on my phone a lot. Sometimes, you know, I'll be watching something and I, even if I really like the show, I'll get on my phone for just a second. Um, like if somebody texts me or, um, something comes up really quickly and I'm just like, Oh, it'll just take a second. But that's just enough time for you to take your eyes off the screen that you might miss something. Like I almost missed the dog in the stroller when he was walking to his apartment and he saw the dog in the stroller. I almost completely missed that. I caught it just whenever he was starting to glance away from it. And I was like, wait a minute, what was that? And I had to rewind it. And I'm like, Oh, dog in a stroller, one of the totems. So I feel like that it was a, a, a nice little wrap up for all the folks that kind of get on their phone while they're watching a show and they're kind of yeah. like, Hey, by the way, we caught all the totems, <laughs> you know, in case you missed it. I don't know. And I didn't I mean, like this, it though. This is a show I bet a lot of people kind of passively watch anyway. Yeah. Cause it's not like it's a super in-depth kind of like you have to no. like, capture every single minute. Yeah. So yeah. Like you said, like you like, Oh, I'm going to get up and grab something to eat real quick, you know, in the kitchen across the room or, Oh, I'm going to fold this laundry. So I, I can see it for this. That, that makes sense. I can see where you would easily miss them. Cause like I said, I, Almost missed the dog in the stroller. It took me a second for the the coyote thing. Like he heard the coyotes and I was like, oh, coyotes. But it took a minute for it to be like, oh, wait, that's one of the totems. Uh Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can see where um, they would have to kind of feel like they have to kind of put it in your face that, oh, Joe got all the the totems and now he's an Angelino for life, which makes you wonder, do you think he'll get it out of L.A.? Is he going to go to jail? Is he really going to be stuck in L.A. for life? And that kind of that almost seemed like a episode ending one too, like our season ending where he's like, "Well, I guess I'm just stuck in L.A. now." And then you're like, "Well, what's season two going to be about?" Or season I three? I know exactly. But but yeah, my uh, my number five is just the L.A. totems. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Google that now. I wonder if uh, there's other uh, big cities or towns like that that have totems. I hope I haven't seen all mine because I don't want to be here. Can <laughs> <laughs> I? close my eyes when I'm around town now um my number four I'm going to talk a little bit about and just kind of get your thoughts I I have some things to say but it's not a real long um kind of observation here um when Joe breaks into the Airbnb um which I thought that was really interesting because it just really shows how if you really want to find someone or some place how easy it is to do um you know, how he's able to get the partial address of Candace, of where her Airbnb is, which, of course, is not called Airbnb here. I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that or repeat that. I get no money from them, folks, but that's how we know it. They called it B&B um, in, in the show. And so he's able to cross-reference the partial address that he has with the street name, with the listings available, and then takes that. I wasn't quite sure how I... Um, knew for sure how he found it on Google Maps if it was if he did like a reverse image search or if he just looked it up on Google Maps and looked for Loma Linda and 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 found the address and house or something I don't know but I've, have you ever done that reverse image search on Google uh, I've done a few times and it, it it works okay I mean yeah you get some stuff that pops back 
I've had some mixed results. I've had really great success with it sometimes. Um, and then other times I've had like gibberish come back at me and I'm like, that's not what I was looking for at all. Like I was trying to find this pair of boots. Um, I could not find the brand of these boots online for anything. Nobody would t- like, I don't know why it was like such a freaking secret. So I was like, kept um, putting these, the image of these boots in the Google um, reverse image and I was getting back gibberish. I'm like, why are these freaking boots such a secret? Nobody wants me to have these boots. Um, <laughs> and then another time I did it for uh, something else and it came back wildly successful. And I was like, you know, Eureka. Um, so I don't know if that's how he did it and, and that's how it came across on the maps or not, but it just, um, again, you know, kind of showing the transparency in this world, how nothing is really secret and you put just the smallest things you think you're being, you know, careful, which not like that place is hidden cause it is on a, um, a rental listing, you know, for a and b thing. But I thought that was all interesting and in how he thought it was going to be okay for him to break in there. Granted, it says the owner has relocated to Berlin, but he had quite a surprise and I really thought he was in for it when he gets whacked on the head. I thought it was Candace, but it was I not Candace. Too, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh shit, Candace, um, she she got smart. Um, but it wasn't Candace, it was the owner of the house. Um which she seems like a pretty capable lady, but I don't know that whole interaction. You know, I didn't think it was so unreal for her really to, you know, um, badger him for some questions and kind of find out what the heck he was up to. Cause he did break into her house, but then to let him go <laughs> like she yeah. did. And that kind of seemed like very convenient to be like, Oh, well she seems to be into all this like rough sexual fantasy stuff. And yeah, he just like, Oh, well, she's into this, like this type of fantasy and it's just like Mm -hmm. I don't know I just didn't that one was a little bit rougher for me to kind of get my head around that felt like a we need to have some kind of weird BDSM type of joke in this yeah this bondage and uh she knows Krav Maga which was funny when I saw that book (laughs) because that's what I practice and what I learn um and, and love doing by the way um and just I was like, I know, I'm pretty sure you don't learn it from a book. You can read a book on it, I'm sure, but you gotta gotta go to class, people. Gotta be taught. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, and then, yeah, it was clever of him at least to come up with a way to kind of relate to her and be like, you know, well, this is what she's going to understand. So that's what he's going to do and speak her language and give the story about how, you know, Candace wanted him to, you know, have this whole, um, you know, fantasy of him tying her up and, and all of that. Um and I, I kind of giggled when he said, um, I'm trying to be GGG. And I giggled because I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that in a little while, but it's from one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and that's the Savage Love Cast by Dan oh, Savage. Okay. Have I've you ever listened? Uh-uh. You ever heard that one? Oh my gosh. I love Dan Savage. Um, he's one of my favorite podcasts. He was um, not my first podcast I'd ever listened to uh, whenever I was, when I first learned what a podcast was uh, in the day. Um he wasn't my first, but he's definitely one of my favorites. And he coined the phrase GGG. And I just, I had to giggle. And so, Sean, I want to ask if you are GGG. And I'll tell you what that means if you don't know what it means. Um, Get going, Gary. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so GGG is a term coined by sex columnist Dan Savage that represents the qualities that he thinks makes a good sexual partner. GGG stands for good, giving, and game. So think good in bed, giving of equal time and equal pleasure, and game for anything within reason. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So 
I had to giggle because I was like, I haven't really heard anybody, you know, unless um, when people, because it's an advice podcast, he gives out, you know, advice on love and family and just different things. So it's an advice um, podcast. Um, and there's lots of sex talk involved as well. Um, but that's not all it is. Um, so there will be people that will call in and mention that. So I just, I giggle. Uh, when I heard that, because I was like, somebody listens to Dan Savage um, here. So anyway, I thought that was super fun. And I'm totally, I, I have to know, John, Sean, are you GGG? Are you oh, good giving a game? Yeah. yeah, I would say so. Good for you. Good for you. I like to consider myself GGG as well, within reason. Anyway, thought that was super fun. But I did have a hard time, though, believing that she would just, because she could have just called Candace up and said, hey, can you just verify this guy in his existence or, you know, called the cops or I don't know. I feel like done any any number of things, but I just feel like I was trying to put myself in that situation. Like if some dude breaks into my house and, you know, if I'm renting a room or even my entire house to someone, but I happen to be there, um, what would I do? I don't think I would just let that guy go. I don't care how, you know, I would find some way to validate who the hell he is. I'm just too suspicious. So I don't know. What would you do in that situation? Well, I kind of curious why the door was unlocked, too, because he just kind of waltzed right in. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. And maybe it's L.A., so maybe it's something that she's aware of. But, again, I feel like if I go into an Airbnb and, like, that – because that was the living room, right? Yeah. Like, she had all those books right there. And, like, I'm, like, okay, like, putting your, like, sexual stuff out on Front Street is, like, maybe, like, okay, sure. But, like, for an Airbnb, like, maybe you want to professionalize it up a little bit. Well, and I don't know. I feel like L.A. is a place where you lock your friggin' doors. I feel like that's not... Uh, an LA or New York thing just to have your doors wide open regardless of the neighborhood that you're in um and all of the Airbnb I stay in Airbnbs quite frequently and all of them that I've been in they're locked um pretty tight they typically have you know they're either locked or they have really nice electronic locks you know where you got to type in a code mm. for it to unlock and such um you know just for extra security you know things like that um so I was yeah surprised now granted that doesn't give Joe permission to just walk right on in and make himself at home and, you know, do uh, his, his, you know, no good deeds, which clearly were exposed when she starts pulling stuff out oh, of his yeah. bag. I mean, hello, serial killer 101. Yeah, that's <laughs> what was rope, awesome about like, when tape. he goes like to his apartment when he gets all that stuff. He's just got like his serial killer bag right there and ready. <laughs> I know. It was like, hello. I, I feel think like Ted, yeah. Ted Bundy like, had that in his car when uh, they pulled him over. He had like I, duct tape. and <laughs> These two episodes gave me a lot more like Ted Bundy feels about Joe than yes. I've had so far in the seasons. Some Dexter vibes too. Did you catch when she calls yeah. him like, yeah. she, she what are you like, Dexter? Dexter. <laughs> I thought that was Laughed. pretty good. I thought of you. describes the show. It's like, well, it's kind of like Dexter. Yeah, he's got a little, he's got a lot of Dexter stuff happening. So I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had a I had a hard time with that. Just I was like, gosh, why aren't your doors locked? Which, like I said, doesn't give Joe permission. You know, like she says, like just because the door is unlocked doesn't mean you can just. It's not an invitation to come in. That is true. But I'm like, that just does not seem safe um, in anywhere. Um, and then just to let him go, I really thought he was he was in it. I think Joe's had a couple close calls. He had another close call when him and Delilah got arrested. Um, 
But anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting. And I loved the actress. Um, she was on one of my favorite series, uh, Californication, with David Duchovny. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. You need to. It's so, so good. Um, it's not on air anymore. It's wrapped up. Um, but it was a, a series um, David Duchovny starred in. Oh, gosh. Was it on Showtime, I think? I, every time I say a, a cable show, I always say the wrong thing. But I'm pretty sure that's the one it was. I'm sure someone will correct me. Um, she played Mia. And boy, oh, boy, did that girl cause some shit on that show. I won't spoil anything because I really want you to try and watch it sometime. Um, but she... She was um, an interesting character for sure. So it was good to see her again. Um, and I think that she's, um, I think she's been around for a while. I think I read somewhere she was a child actor. Like she was on The Nanny. She was one of the kids on The Nanny way back oh, in the day. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that show. Yeah. So I think she was one of the little kids. Um, okay. I didn't watch that show. I've seen clips of it or whatever, but I've never really watched the whole whole show or anything like that. But um, but anyway, someone I think said that she was on there. So she's been around for a little while. So it was cool to see her again. Um but anyway, just an inter- interesting interaction and thinking Joe was going to get caught and could not believe she just let him go. But, oh, well, I guess she believed him, too. Joe can really spin some shit. Yeah, he's freaking quick and, at it, too. Like, I, I feel like that's he he comes off as like he lucks into a lot of this stuff. But I feel like like there's a blinder there that we're not we're not being exposed to. I know. And I guess maybe maybe it's because we hear his inner dialogue. Do you think that because we know who Joe really is and that because everyone else that he interacts with can't hear or see the things that we see that they're able to, you know, cuz we're sitting here going, "Oh my god, he's a murderer. What are you what are you thinking? Why are you just letting him, you know, get away with this? Why are you believing him?" But really why I mean, granted the lying thing, um, you know, changing his name and all that kind of thing that that puts a new spin on things but you know we sit here and we're like oh my gosh why don't why don't you see this but maybe it's just so easy to see that because we hear everything and they don't i don't know but anyway but anyway i i I said that was going to be short and it wasn't i lied (laughs) i'm sorry but that was my (laughs) my number four my number four we touched on was uh, Candace spilling the beans. So what do you have for your number three? Well, my number three, uh, I want to talk a little bit about when Joe is following Milo, which what he thought he was going to do to this guy. I don't know. Because <laughs> I know Joe can be pretty clever, but this dude was huge and clearly in good shape. Who runs a pill with one of them damn weighted vests? I would have passed out within 30 feet. I don't know about you. Um, But uh, anyway, he's chasing that guy and he ends up running into Gabe. And I I love that interaction. I, I, kind of liking this Gabe character. I wasn't quite sure what to think about him. He's, I, I guess he kind of came off as a little bit too LA and a little flaky for me and um, just a little too new age. But I think I really, really like him after this, um, after he takes Joe back to his place. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so we know Gabe is a, a Reiki specialist and also an acupuncturist. And apparently he's also a human lie detector. Um, he's got a, a sensitivity to bullshit for sure. Um, so I like, you know, what he was talking with Joe there on the hill and he takes him back to his place. And it's really interesting that he has this little session with him 
And it actually works. You know, Joe's not believing it at first. You know, he's like, oh, my God, I got, you know, and it's kind of funny. You see all these acupuncture needles sticking out yeah. of him. And he's like, oh, my God, what's happening? Which I, I admit, I've never done it. I'm, I'm curious, but I think I'm too scared. I don't like needles. So I don't know how I would feel yeah. about. I've, Have you ever I've done that? i got a friend who does that. Like, yeah. she's gone to school for it. But, yeah, I don't know if I would ever get to that step or not. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious, but I don't know if I'm curious enough to actually let somebody poke me with a bunch of needles. But I am curious about it because I've heard, you know, people um, praise it or whatever. So, but it is funny just all of a sudden, you know, Joe is so East Coast and so New York. And here he's doing this, you know, so L.A. kind of thing um, to do. So he's stuck with all these acupuncture needles. And uh, he starts going through this this ritual as Gabe's talking to him and puts a stone on him and such. And he actually we kind of see through his childhood and kind of mm. find out why he kind of craves love and love in general so much. And we get more um, in the flashbacks about his mom, um, who we pretty well determined that she was physically and verbally abused by Joe's dad. Um, and she's covered in these bruises when we see her again. Um, so she's she was craving validation from men so badly when she was trying to get away from her ex that she did she kept going to an equally awful guy in turn like she kept going from one creep to another even just trying to get away it's how much she craved validation um, in her own way and while he's experiencing these flashbacks he comes to this realization that because of his screwed up childhood that this was likely why he keeps seeking out these messed up relationships with women and he just breaks down and i was like holy crap joe's had a breakthrough um and that was striking to see and it was just awesome to see like this evidence of how much la can change even the most cynical new yorker <laughs> um so i don't know what what did you get out of all that what did you think about that it was it was kind of interesting to see that and you wonder too when joe uh, cuz at the end of that episode joe decides He's going to go have dinner with a friend. And so you mm -hmm. wonder if he was getting ready to maybe turn everything around and maybe start going out with Delilah until, mm -hmm. you know, the torture room was discovered and all the other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it looked like he was really moved by it. Uh, the thing that kind of intrigued me most about the flashback was his mom was so like intent on leaving. But then when she gets back, her attitude like had completely changed. Yeah, like she's like, it's just going to be you and me when she um, leaves him and says, I've got to go to the bank. And then when I come back, we're leaving. It's just going to be just you and me. And then she comes back with a guy. Yeah. Ugh, I want to smack her. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it seemed, I don't know. It just seemed very like somebody who is like what I what I would have get from that is like, oh, she found this guy who has like drugs that she's hooked on. Mm -hmm. So when she's trying to get away, she's kind of clean a little bit. But at that point, she's like, oh, we got to get going because now I've got this fix I can get to. So I, I'm i really curious to see what else we learn about that. I mean, we're getting little bits and pieces more, but, you know, we mm -hmm. kind of felt sorry for his mom. And now it's kind of like, you know, you still feel sorry for the situation she's in. Yes. But it's more of like, OK, well, why is she why is she doing this whole thing with this other guy? Because he did not seem like a good character either. He. Yeah, he didn't seem too down with the fact that she was bringing her kid along. Yeah. He didn't didn't look uh, okay with that. But um, which is a bummer because hey, got kids, you gotta you gotta deal with it, and if you can't, you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So anyway, yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, I, she didn't deserve to be abused or anything like that, but I wish she could have been um, awake enough to realize that, hey, I need to like focus on me, I need to take care of my kid and get myself together before, you know, she just goes from guy to guy to guy. Um, but clearly she had some issues and wasn't ready for that yet. So anyway, that was my, what was that? Was that my number Number three? three? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so mine was just kind of on Milo himself, too. I thought that was kind of interesting to, you know, right away Milo finds himself here. He's this Aussie travel blogger, which uh, the more I get on Instagram for stuff, the more I think, like, this culture <laughs> is, like, way past me. Um, you and me both. It's just all people wearing very skimpy clothings, pretending they're in places they're not. Oh, uh, yeah. And so Milo's this, like, ripped dude. He's, he, he seems like he's got good intentions, but he's uh, uh, loves ex-husband's like best friend or friend, uh, and he's kind of snuck in. And um, I can't remember what Forty said, but like he always comes in and goes down on her like every night. There's something in there that was kind of funny. Oh yeah, I've got that in here because um, I really thought that was funny. Uh, he goes and guess who was Mister Attentive at the funeral? Yeah, he stayed for weeks after, cooked, cleaned, bathed her, went down on her every night. Nobody does that shit out of the kindness of their own heart, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talked about GGGG. Like, I'm totally down for that. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, you want that every night? Sure. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was kind of – it kind of seems like he's done, though. I don't think he's going to be around much more. He kind of said his piece, didn't get uh, the reaction that he wanted, threw a punch mm. at 40 and left. Oh, so I'm kind yeah. of curious what Forty's game is this because he's really on Joe's side. I think, yeah, he's really on Joe's side, and I think he just really hates Milo. Um, <laughs> we know hey, salami, yeah, salami nips. Um, gosh, I know I was dogging Forty so bad when this show uh, season two started because um, I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, and I was comparing him to like Benji, just some other entitled rich yeah. boy. And that's how he was really coming across. But they've done a really good job of developing him a little bit and giving him, you know, a little bit more character to work with. And now he's becoming one of my favorites because he's got some great one liners um, for sure. And I think he's just fun to have around. Um, he still has his flaws, but I mean, we're all flawed. There's no one perfect. So I, and I like flawed characters. Um, so I'm really enjoying the hell out of 40. And I think that he just really just one doesn't like Milo. We know that he has an issue, um, with anyone that gets involved with his sister. If, the, if he doesn't like them, um, which he just happens to like Joe. So even though Joe has lied to them and he's like, yeah, we both think you're a lying ball sack. Um, but he's like, hey, you know, you're more real than half the people I know. So he's still <laughs> he's still in general likes Joe and is still, I think, rooting for him. Um, so that, yeah, I think there's probably a combination of things that he just doesn't like Milo. And I, I think it was kind of dirty about how Milo's coming around after she's lost her husband. Yeah. And I don't know, seemed like some not so great intentions on his part. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. I didn't like the guy. He was I didn't think he was nice looking i think he was so fake like he said all of his instagram posts you know shirtless pictures of baby animals and i don't know i did not like it um, yeah i think i, I kind of always forget this too but like they're uh, I, from the way they talk they're extremely wealthy so 
you could see somebody like that trying to sneak their way in to get that kind of, you know, rich parachute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. But, yeah, that's my number three is just the Aussie travel blogger. Oh, gosh. We need less of those. His accent wasn't even that great, Mm. which was disappointing. I mean, I fall for an Australian accent every day of the week. Give me that Australian accent. I am on my knees. Um, oh, God, that didn't sound good. Scratch that. <laughs> I did not mean that. I just meant I fall for an Australian accent. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> that was a Freudian penis. Yeah. <laughs> it was. God. Uh, I'm sleep deprived. I'm going to blame it on that. Um, but I, but his accent wasn't even that good. It, that, that ruined it for me. I was like, fine, you want to be a jerk, but at least have it be a jerk with a good accent. I, yeah. That didn't even do it for me. So that was just disappointing all around. I hope he's gone, which he has to be. I mean, he's he's done the unthinkable. He has, um, he hit 40. And I mean, not only is, I mean, that's it I, with love. I'm pretty sure she's like, don't ever come into my life again because we know how protective she is of him. We know that they're, they're strong bond that they have together. So if you've messed with 40 um, and hit him like that, then... And, and out of anger and, you know, and, and what she said, it's true. She's like, freaking grow up. You know, you have to hit him, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, 40 kind of brought it on. He was definitely egging him on, but he could have just walked away, you know, and been been mature about it. So, yeah, good riddance to that guy. I think we've seen the last of him for sure. Jerk. Bad accent. Um, that was really good. My number two, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, about that cop connecting the headphones to Joe. Ah, uh, yeah, I like that. They didn't really play dumb for too long. I don't know. I I had a problem with it, and this is why. And it's because it was a stretch for me. Um, I think his whole reasoning, telling Delilah, you know, they're expensive. This guy drives a beat up car. He only makes twelve bucks an hour. Which first, as soon as I heard that, I was like, twelve bucks an hour? How the hell is this dude surviving? And how in the hell is he surviving in L.A.? you know, able to afford any apartment in LA. I've done apartment hunting in LA and I don't know how you do it on 12 bucks an hour. Um, but anyway, I thought it seems like a stretch. Yes. The headphones were really expensive. They were about five or $600. I think he said that they were, but what if they were a gift? Um, he's got rich friends now, you know, he's, he's friends with love and 40 and he's getting to be friends with other rich people. What if they were from a family? What if they were from some of his rich friends? That's not out of the realm of possibilities. What if he saved up for them? I mean, you cannot make a whole lot of money, but you can put money. Anybody, if you want something, you can save up a little bit and buy them. Um, so I don't know. That was a little bit of a stretch for me. That the, the whole his whole reason was, well, it just doesn't make sense. How could he possibly afford them? Um, that to me was dumb. But then I thought, okay, well. Is it because he was giving them to Goodwill instead of selling them? Because maybe, okay, maybe he did save up for them. Maybe he got them as a gift. They're too big or there's something wrong with them. He doesn't like them, doesn't want them anymore. Would it make more sense then because he doesn't have a lot of money that instead of just giving them away that he would sell them? You know, like on eBay or I don't know, whatever, whatever those, I know there's lots of selling apps out there now, um, you know, and try to get a little bit of money out of them because he, he doesn't have that much money. Um, so I don't know. So maybe I thought, well, maybe that's why the cop thought that is not so much that he actually owns them, but because he was giving them away instead of trying to sell them. Um, and then the fact that he said that because the headphones were endorsed by Henderson, it just, 
it's like, well, who cares? I mean, that's not a lot to go off of. I just thought it was kind of shaky evidence and just not a lot to to base that off of. But I want to hear what your thoughts are because you you liked it. So sell me on it. (laughs) I feel like if if he didn't make some kind of connection, it would be a slightly dumb because he seemed very suspicious. But Mm -hmm. I just imagine he's like, oh, yeah, he had those headphones and he had that bloody Roomba. I knew something was wrong with that guy. How can he call himself a decent cop if he missed that that bloody Roomba? And yeah. uh, I can't remember what else he had. Probably that rag, too, that he used to cover Henderson's face. Um, shady cop, in my opinion, if you can't even catch that. But, yeah, I thought, I mean, it would seem kind of, I feel like you could definitely, because he noticed him. And then, I, I, you know, when you look at the headphones that were already kind of suspicious, I felt like if you waited too long, it might have been like, oh, well, maybe I should have seen this. But because uh, he's already kind of was already on the Henderson thing. So I think making the connection, it seemed like it might have taken a couple days to do, but I, I still feel OK with how it turned out. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it was bound to happen some way. But, as, you know, the fact that he's like, well, I caught him for jaywalking. And I think I think we talked about it a little bit like, really, is he going to be that jerk that stops somebody for jaywalking? Um, yeah. And it's funny how Delilah called him out on it, too. She's like, really, you're going to be that cop? <laughs> so I'm like, well, Thank you, Delilah. Like, and, and that's perfect, Joe, because, you know, she's probably thinking it's like, oh, you're just jealous. Yeah, so which I think this- that I think that he was though at the yeah. at the cop station when she's like, you know, hey, call my friend David Fincher, and he comes in there and he and he's all upset because he finds out, hey, it wasn't just that they were, you know, at public in talks, you know, drinking out on the street and and whatever they were having sex in an alley, um, and he's he's jealous. So I totally believe it was jealous jealousy at first when he's like, you know, you can sort that shit out for yourself. Call a lawyer, and just leaves her. And I'm like, you jerk. Um, so I mean, they're right. Don't get me wrong. They are right about Joe. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking that's how you're gonna you know, kind of blow this whole thing and that's the connection that we're going to make and that's what you're going to believe. I would have, I, I don't think I would have believed that. It would have just, it's like too many holes for me and it's just um, not substantial enough evidence for me um, to, you know, to believe that. It's like, well, you know, I can save up for a lot of stuff too, you know, um, or hey, tax refund, maybe you got a good tax refund oh, and he, yeah, he bought sure. himself something. That's not, I did that last year. I know I put, some down and paid some things off and then I took some I'm like you know what I'm gonna treat myself (laughs) I bought myself something I wouldn't normally do but I did it and spent a lot of money but I did it for me and I'm like you know you only live once and you know you can't take your money with you (laughs) so (laughs) I'm gonna enjoy it while I can so I bought myself something and treated myself something and I was you know uh, almost immediately when it when it got back I was like oh my god just return it you know how could you do that how could how could you spend that much money (laughs) I did the same thing but I was like nope Nope, you're going to enjoy it and you're going to, you know, because I don't typically do that. I mean, I buy myself small things from time to time, but I don't really buy any big items, you know, to just for shits and giggles, you know, for, you know, things like that. So, but I did. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, somebody can, you know, treat themselves like that. I just thought it was kind of shaky. Um, and he was a bit of a jerk about the whole thing about how he was treating Delilah just because, you know, um, she was hooking up with someone else. And she was right. She's like, if you want a real date, ask me out, mm-hmm. you know, be a jerk. So anyway, that was my number two. Uh, so my number two, I'm kind of curious, uh, probably what you have to say about it, too. But 
you know, we got a little bit more exposure to uh, Love and her ex. Yeah. So apparently, you know, they were together and he kind of did. He was with her because he loved her. And he was very adamant about not taking money from their family because, you know, she has this wealth and I think they called it the golden parachute. Yes. Uh, And he knew for uh, about eight weeks that he was sick, but he didn't tell her because he didn't want life to not be normal, which kind of pulled at my heartstrings a little bit because I could definitely see that because once you'd be like, hey, I'm sick and it's not looking good, you've changed both your lives forever. Whereas if you wait, you kind of hold off on that. You're kind of shielding the other person from that. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious. What are your thoughts on like that whole sequence that we had with that? I, well, I again have to come back and say I was wrong again. Cause I, here I am plotting. I just think the worst of everyone. I just, that's where I go. And that's terrible. I got to, I, I need therapy. Maybe I need a Reiki <laughs> session um, on, on that. Um, but I was thinking, you know, Oh, what if love, poisoned her husband or killed him or what if 40 had something to do with it you know because he's jealous and doesn't want anyone to come between him and love um so there goes those theories out the window um so he really was sick and he he knew about it and didn't say anything and I wasn't quite sure how to take that. I I think I saw it from both sides. I can see where it really devastated her like why couldn't you tell me um and how hurtful that that would be um, if your spouse knew that they were sick for like eight weeks uh, and why they wouldn't tell you. Um, but I can also see why he would want to shield her from that. You know, if he just wants things to try and be normal and let's just live our lives and not, you know, live like, you know, live like I'm dying. And, you know, that that's what our lives are is that's what we're you know, that's what our life is going to be is, is I'm getting, I'm going to die, um, soon and I don't have much time left. Um, I don't know. I can kind of see both sides of the coin and not wanting to, not wanting to break her heart. Um, but I, I see why love has her trust issues, you know, I mean, she had a lot of love for James and, you know, still devastated. You could see she still had his locker there in an Auburn and still celebrated gift every anniversary. Yeah, had, you know, still celebrated that and remembered him. And so that kind of is where we got to see him for the first time. And he's hearing impaired, which I thought was interesting. And um, I liked their interactions together and thought it was really sweet. And clearly she's, you know, you could tell that she deeply cared for him, but they were really young. Um, she had bangs. Um, <laughs> so she was still really young. Um so I don't know. I could see both sides of that, but I see why she has trust issues and, and why she would have trouble trusting another partner, why she has trouble trusting anyone and why she feels the need to have a private investigator investigate people in their lives um, because of that. Um, clearly she has a reason to though, because her husband did lie to her, which I see why he did it. And, and, you know, but I feel like that's, it wasn't right of him to keep that from her. Um, because clearly she's still kind of dealing with the effects of that. It's, it's damaged her in a way, um, you know, and Hey, like, like Gabe said, damage attracts damage, which I a hundred percent believe. I, I truly believe that, um, a hundred percent. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I found it hard. I, it was hard to watch, but it was, um, fun to see their relationship. It looked like they had a really great relationship with the exception of her psycho parents, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> get involved with everything. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad they kind of showed a lot of it. I'm glad they 
they show that she still has a longing for it, uh, longing mm-hmm. for him. The the part where I think a couple of people said like uh, they haven't seen her care, or I think she even mentioned like she doesn't care for somebody as much as she does for Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like seeing these scenes kind of makes me feel like that was. I don't know if that's really true. Like I feel yeah. like I mean obviously it's somebody saying something, but it, it seems like there's probably more with her and her ex husband than than Joe at this moment, especially with what she's found out with Joe. But um, yeah, that, that's just my number two. Is I'm kind of glad we got a little bit of exposure to the the ex husband. Yeah, I'm glad we kind of got some some more insight on that and proved me wrong that he he was actually sick and not just uh, poisoned by love by one of her cinnamon buns. <laughs> <laughs> or that 40 did something terrible to him. Although I still think there was something sketchy that happened with the nanny. And I still don't think they're all on the up and up. I still think there's something under the surface. Just haven't figured it out yet. Um, and I'm happy to not figure it out or anything. Because um, I, I like being surprised. And I, I want a good twist and all. Um, but still, um, I was proven wrong on that. I was like, gosh, oh, you're terrible. Thinking, oh, people are killing their husbands or killing their, their in-laws. It's just terrible. Um, so where does that take us? My number one? Uh, your number one. Okay. Well, hey there, Delilah. What happened? Uh, Which I was so waiting for like the whole time for him to be, hey there, Delilah. Um, I love that song so much to Joe, for Joe to say that to Delilah when he knocks on her door. Hey there, Delilah. Yeah. Hey there, anyway. Delilah. What's it like in my prison? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway... Oh, Delilah, we thought you were smarter than that. We were rooting for you. I was really liking her turning character. You know, just like 40, we're kind of, you know, I I disliked him so much. I wasn't really sold so much on Delilah. I was like, I just don't know. She's so prickly and she has reason to be, but I just wasn't quite feeling her out. But these two episodes, we were getting this different side of her. And it's, it's like what Joe was talking about. It's like, there's the real Delilah. You know, nice to meet you. And um, I was like, yeah, it is nice to meet you. This I like this Delilah. Um, so I really enjoyed getting to know her. And I was rooting for her. And why the hell she did something so stupid by going... Not only is she uh, poking around in Joe's apartment, which, hello, uh, landlord laws. I mean, <laughs> you can't do that. Um, but she does. Joe apparently gets a nanny cam. Wow. Which he would have been alerted. He, I don't think he was alerted to it at the moment. I think he just went back mm-hmm. and probably checked it and saw that. So yeah. he would have had to been like, and that's why you got to have a little bit of disbelief because, you know, it, Joe gets so lucky because unless he was alerted he to it, mm-hmm. you know, like I know there's somewhere like when things trigger, they send you like text and stuff like that. But for him to go, if he, if it's not that he goes home Checks his cam is like, oh shit, she's here. She found something. He would have mm-hmm. had to be like right behind her because she wasn't in there for very long. Right. Yeah. That that would have been pretty fast. But I'm wondering if it was one of the smart cams that they have because they have like what the security cams that you can put up in your home now, either the doorbell uh, yeah, ringer yeah. or the little cameras that you can put up in your house, and then it syncs to an app on your phone, and you can actually watch, um, you know, the cameras on your phone and be alerted to something. Uh, so maybe it was one of those smart nanny cams uh you know that that he had installed or something or or or, you know put in maybe he did get some kind of notification that you know like a motion sensor and it comes on and he gets a notification on his phone sees her 
on the camera on his phone and sees that she has discovered the key to his storage unit uh, and and follows her there. That would make more sense um, had he have to... Because the old ones, I think you had to actually go home and actually play back. You had to actually I think so, yeah. get to the used camera to hide, like, and, and play back. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, so he... he Got himself an cam, finds out that she's rooting around and finds his storage locker. Uh, and she's in there taking pictures. And I'm just like, okay, I I'm, feel like I'm yelling at the TV all the time when I watch this show. And she's in there and I'm like, get out, get out, get out. Yeah. And you know, she's sitting there snapping her pictures. You got pictures, you got evidence, get out. I know, get out. You got your couple pictures, now get the hell out. Why she thinks it's okay to hang out in there, even if, because I, I, I get where she's curious. She's a journalist. She's investigating and she's trying to get a clear picture. Uh, but I'm just like, get out, get out, get out. What the hell are you doing? But what does she do? She keeps snapping her pictures. She gets in the freaking cage and um, discovers Hendy's uh, laptop. Clearly has his name on it. So there's yeah. no there's no uh, getting past that you know, um, evidence at all. Um, it certainly leads her to where she thinks it's going to, after she gets suspicious after that phone call, um, that she gets from Finch and she actually kind of starts putting the pieces together and thinking, Hmm, maybe there is something up. And, um, and then she finds Joe's box. Cause we thought he was going to get caught when she moved that, that painting on uh, the wall. Yeah, that's what you, I was thinking. you called it that one time. Cause you were like, that's not a great place to hide stuff. Cause you know, what's going to happen. It's going to be like crooked and off center. Someone's yep. going to go adjust it and it's going to somehow maybe fall off. And then boom, there's the hole. Oh man. I thought the, the shit she was going to hit the fan. Then she just adjusted the wrong one. Yeah. Right. I, I was like, Oh my God, she's moving the paint. I thought she was just going to adjust it, but I was like, she's actually removing it. And then, Oh, it was all patched up all nice. Like nothing ever happened. God, that Joe knows how to cover his tracks most of the time. Um, I'd say. Um, and so, but, and she, she finds his box. Did you see what was in that box? Did you get a close up? Uh -oh. Did you look? There were used tampons in there, Sean. That bad much. <laughs> she picks up those panties that were Love's panties that you see yeah. him when he, in an earlier episode, takes her panties out of the laundry basket. So she picks those up. She picks up, looks like a Ziploc baggie. And then she goes, oh, gross, and calls him a perv. It was nice. used tampons. I had to... I was I had to rewind it to be sure because I was like, I, I'm not sure if it was fingers. I thought maybe it was like bloody fingers. It was tampons. Um, yeah. Joe's some kind of weird, isn't he? So, just, oh, God. I just, I'm stumped on that for a second. Just, ugh. Um, anyway, so, yeah, she's um, obviously skeeved out and then gets caught. I mean, I jumped. I literally jumped when Joe was there at the door. Um, that shocked me. Um, so, I appreciated that. I love a good scare. But she calls that cop and she's like, call me back. And then text them, call me back, urgent. And I'm like, are you stupid? Are you, you keep proving you, you're so smart and you're doing all these things and, and you're working so hard to, as she says, bring down the patriarchy. And she's so good at connecting the dots. Um, and then she does these two stupid things by staying too long in the storage unit, not getting just a few of her pictures and getting the hell out of there. Why did she not say, I am at this address? Yeah, that's what I mean. That would be the smartest thing to do. I mean, ugh. I don't know. Maybe it's, 
I don't know what it is. I just feel that that was so dumb. I would have been like, hey, I'm at this address. If something happens Joe's to me. Joe's a serial killer. Come get me if something There's a happens. box of used tampons in this creepy clear cage. Get over here now. Um, why she would leave something so vague is to please call me back. And then t- even texting him. She calls him and then texts him. Call me back urgent. I would have said I'm at this address. Um, and, and even if it had anything to do with Joe, at least, I mean, you get to the address and then you can investigate. So even if she didn't give the full picture, at least give your place of of where you're at or, Hey, I'm, even if she was on her way over there, Hey, I'm going over here to this, um, storage unit, meet me there or which maybe that wouldn't have been so good because he wouldn't have been able to legally, um, you know, he, he's got to find it legally and have He'd like have a search have a warrant, warrant or, or have like a probable yeah. cause or something like that. But, you know, at least give some kind of indication. I just, you know, that is something I preach to my kid all the time is be smart. And if you're going out, you know, she lived in New York for three years and her and her roommates always had this system, you know, that even just walking a couple of blocks from their where their dorm was, like if they're walking a couple blocks down to like the CVS or something, you know, or coming home from the subway station, if they were in the sketchy part of town, um, um, they would text each other like every few minutes. I'm at this street, um, at this corner, and then like a minute or two later, I'm at this street in this corner or something like that. And just when they were checking in, like, "Hey, I'm still okay. I'm still alive." Yeah. But if you don't hear from me in like five ten minutes, this is my last location. <laughs> you know, well, they've <laughs> got those tracking apps now. Like uh, my wife and I have it on our phone, so we can kind of see where we are too. Like, and they keep track of kind of where you are, so it, it that helps too. Just like to the like, find find my phone kind of thing. yeah. Find, so find like, a friend or something. So it's like, oh, well, she was supposed to, or like Sean was supposed to be here. Like, or when I'm coming back from work, they see that I'm still moving and haven't crashed in the snowstorm. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I wonder, could uh, maybe Ellie, I feel like Ellie's going to come in and save the day. Probably. Um, she, she's a super smart little peanut. I think she's going to save the day because she's super smart with technology and just sharp um, in general. Maybe she's going to find her sister's phone because Joe's got the phone. It's at the at the storage unit. Um, I Maybe they do have like the find a phone kind of thing um, or find a friend. I would if Joe and her both have something weird on the phone. But the problem with that is, is she may see that they're together somewhere. She's like, oh, great. They're having sex again. Oh, that's true. She might just storage unit. Yeah. Six sickies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She might just that that could happen, too. I don't know. I'm just I'm just like, oh, shit. I don't know what's going to happen to Delilah. I don't have good vibes at all. Um, I know he let the real will go. Um, But I feel like once you're in that cage, your chances of of making it out are not great. I know Joe has good intentions. He says, I'm not going to hurt you. Just let me get my shit together and you'll never have to see me again. I just feel like something's going to go wrong. Um, Because he never never intends to hurt people though, right? He never intends to, but, but what happens? He hurts people. So, gosh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this was my number one. You kind of touched on everything, but the only thing that I really noticed, too, is it's kind of been the theme of, like, uh, where the real Will was telling him, was like, hey, you know, when you get cornered, that's when you, like, basically lose, like, you don't have control. And when he walked in that storage unit and saw him and, like, he was cornered, his eyes, I thought he did a great job at that because his eyes just, like, got huge like a like a wild animal caught yes and so i thought that was really telling of you know here's a situation where he's like fuck like hey uh 
this doesn't look like what it was. He's like, I was going to ask you to dinner. It's kind of like blaming her to an extent, too. Like, oh, I was going to ask you to dinner, too, and look what you did. Look what you messed up. Look what you made me do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what, that's what he said to Beck, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, this was a tough one not to keep going because I'm really curious to see what these last three episodes are going are gonna to play out. <sighs> I know. We've only got three more to go, and it's going to be pretty tough so yeah just fyi for everyone listening we're going to cover i know a couple of people have asked um just uh, messaging us and stuff uh how are we going to handle the next few episodes we're still going to cover the next two as a whole and then we'll uh, cover the finale as a single um episode and kind of devote our time to just that and wrap it up before we jump onto our next show so fyi um if you're listening and haven't actually um, messaged or if i haven't now said on social media i don't know if i've actually put it out there or not but people have asked that's what we're gonna do so yeah i'm i'm excited to watch the next two and kind of see where we end up and if if we see what will happen to Delilah if it'll happen that quickly or if it's going to be kind of drawn out to the finale I don't know um I feel like in three episodes they can put a lot of crazy shit in there oh, yeah. <laughs> especially this show <laughs> um but, yeah that was my number one too and I think we kind of covered all my notes too so I think oh wow unless you have any other notes that you have I have a few um so one of the things that happened in the show that really kind of cracked me up was when Joe liked um, Love's oh, yeah. picture on Milo's Instagram. I laughed so hard. I feel like that's one of the most relatable things yeah. that can happen, especially like in today's world. And I, I just laughed so hard because I thought, here you are, you're stalking, you know, like you're still hung up on your ex and you're scrolling through their current boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you know, situations happening. And, you know, you're scrolling through and all of a sudden you like a picture. It's happened <laughs> oh, to me. <laughs> Did I just friend request my ex? Oh my God. Uh, I don't know that I've done it on Instagram, but I did it on Facebook once because I feel like if you're not careful when you scroll like if you tap your finger on the wrong spot like if you're close to the like like when you just tap the screen to like scroll up sometimes that when you tap the screen it hits like in just the right spot and then you like it and if you're trying to stalk someone if you're facebook stalking someone like maybe you have a crush on someone and you're scrolling through all their pictures and you like a picture from like a year ago <laughs> and it's like oh shit the jig is up i'm <laughs> I'm in for it. Um, so I, I laughed really hard at that one because that's like super relatable. Um, I had the conversation where, let's see, yeah, Forty was talking about um, how Milo had cooked, cleaned, and bathed for love. Um, something I found really interesting also was how real this show gets about dating, especially online dating. Um because as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, talking about how I ventured out into the online dating world myself, and it's been interesting since then, let me tell you. Um, so as I'm trying to find someone worth my time, because I do value my time, and I feel I'm worthy of someone who's also, you know, worthy of me, um, I've come across some interesting profiles, and I've taken <laughs> some screenshots, so... Um, this is one. So I'm on Hinge and I, I, I went ahead and got on Tinder, but I'm honestly the, like, since I got on there, I really haven't been on there that much because I'm kind of skeeved out by some of the guys I'm seeing on there. So I'm really not spending a whole lot of time there. Um, so some of these are from Hinge, but this is one, his name's Chris. He says, I want someone who loves to be spontaneous and is okay with me being married. <laughs> um, so that's, I'm like, okay. 
Next. Mm-hmm. Um, here was one on, on Tinder. The guy's profile picture, he had one profile picture. I think you're allowed like four to six or something on Tinder pictures and then you have like a you can write a quick little profile so this guy only had one picture it was a picture of the sky so you don't get any kind of body picture no face or anything like that it's a picture of the sky his profile all it says it has his name his age um and says married not happy (laughs) okay well you might want to start somewhere (laughs) else besides tinder i know here's another one um uh, his his what he says in his profile isn't so terrible, but his picture is he's shirtless. He's flexing his bicep uh, in one hand, and then in his other hand, he's holding up a condom. Hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> so, so okay. I don't know how I'm supposed to take that. Um, another person here on Hinge. His name's Justin. He's a fun-loving divorced guy, and hey, he took a screenshot of his credit score and put it on. <laughs> Was it high? Was it good? It's a really good credit score. Okay. This guy, not only has he got all these other things going for him, but hey, he's got good credit. Um, that's pretty good. So I thought, okay, that's, that's another thing. Um, so yeah, and then another one. Oh. Uh, this was on Hinge. He says, all I ask is that you keep an open mind about me being in an open relationship. Okay. So he's open to dating, but he's also in an open relationship. So you've got, <laughs> got that. And I'm like, okay. And that's totally fine. I am so not dogging this at all. If you're if you're in an open relationship and everybody understands and knows what's happening. I've seen some profiles on Tinder that are like, Hey, we're a couple and we're looking for a a third person. That's fine. It really is fine. But I'm just, I keep seeing these things over and over again and it's just not what I'm looking for. And I'm like, I just need to stop. I just, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm just done. This it's not because that's not what I'm looking for. (laughs) I'm not, looking for that but that's what I keep seeing over and over again and I'm like I just so it was pretty funny when they're talking about you know hey Joe uh you need to get over over love you need to go put yourself on flinger which I thought was really funny because obviously it's uh, a play on tinder right Mm-hmm. Um, which, hey, I'm all about, hey, I, I think the best thing, my philosophy in life before I got married and I, I was dating a guy and we went through a breakup, my best philosophy was the best way to get over a guy was to get under a new one. <laughs> I've heard so, that before. Yeah. So I'm, I'm down for that. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So I thought that was really great advice, but it has changed so much that when I dated way before I was married, like eons ago and what dating is like now is so... Oh. Oh, yeah. So, it's so different now. and scary. So they they really put their finger on it here on how difficult it could be because they're like, hey, go get on Flinger. You're totally fine. And 40's like, you know, split me some literature. You know, um, he's wanting to set him up and get him this profile. And, um, oh, what's the other fella's name that works there at, at, at Anovran? Oh, yeah, I can't remember um, what his name was. Yeah, it's terrible. He's a, he's a sweet guy, but I can't think of his name. He's like, no, go on Magnolia. It's, you know, it's it's mostly for for queer people but straight girls trope for gays to beard and they're aggressive and you can have all of that um so i thought that was really funny and then he's like gold leaf is another one it's only for celebrities and we need to get you verified but it's safer for people like us there is a celebrity dating app i heard about this not long ago it's called raya 
Um, and you actually do have to get verified and it, there's like a process and it helps if you have someone who's already on it to kind of give you, um, a, a like seal of approval, like, uh-huh. Hey, it's okay. I, I vouch for this person. Um, but they say that if you don't get approved, like within a month or so, you're probably never going to get approved. They'll oh, say, Oh, it could take a, you know, a while, but the inside people say if, if you're not in within a month and you're probably never going to get in, like you'll stay on the waiting list forever. But there is a, apparently um, for rich people and celebrities, it's called Raya. Eh, give it a try, folks. Um, you never know what it might, where it might go. But then they start talking about um, the lingo, PNP, party and play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm freaking out. This makes me even more stressed out as if I'm not sitting here on my own on, you know, strolling through dating apps and and seeing what my options are, which are none. Um, And now I've got to deal with this two party and play drugs and sex. And then if someone hits you up with a capital T, that means Tina, which means meth. Where where does that come in? I have never, I'm, you just think it's a, uh, autocorrect issue yeah how did how do they get tina out of meth so i'm like oh my god now i'm even more scared um and then watch for kitten fishing thirst traps pictures um if which i i totally believe this um and it's funny that they say that oh if it's a close-up headshot she's fat and if it's group shot she's really insecure but wants to seem fun i don't know what the pixie cut is i don't know why that's bad and so i don't know maybe Anybody knows what they mean by that? Um, so anyway, I just, I, I laughed because I thought they're getting it so right. It is, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with this dating apps. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so that was, that was something I wanted to kind of touch on um, and how funny that was. Um, let's see, talked about 40's lines and how he's getting some really great lines. Milo calling 40 a champ, I heard, is a bigger insult in Australia than calling someone the C word. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I'm not from Australia. I don't personally know someone from Australia that I can just like, hey, is that true? But I read that um, calling, for Australians, calling him champ is a bigger insult when he goes, you know, yes, something like see a champ or something like that, that that's a bigger insult than calling someone like the C word. This is like the the other C word for Australians. So I don't know. I'm interested. Any Australians out there want to tell me um, if that's accurate or not? Because, I mean, I know I can't believe everything that I read, but I just thought that was interesting. I know he was slinging it like an insult, but uh, I'm just curious if that's true. But that's all my notes. I think that covers everything so far i like it great notes okay well i don't have any news this week our latest news which we talked we just kind of mentioned we didn't really bring it up in the news but you mentioned that it has been renewed for season uh, three you season three coming soon so kind of curious to see how this season ends up and what we can speculate on for season three i don't know i don't know how anything ends yet but i'm i'm glad we're gonna get another season um excited for that so with no news this week that will actually take us to my favorite part of the uh, podcast. And that is listener feedback from you, the listeners. Um, First one that we have is from our good friend, Doug Fick. Um, His comments for episode six, farewell, my bunny. He says, farewell, my lovely cute wordplay. So Joe is following Candace without his invisibility cap. What are you thinking, man? You could be seen. Thank God he put it on later. 
Nice shrine to the dead hubby. Not digging the bangs, though, love. Uh, current cut frames your face better. It is getting quite full. Plus, I did not see a lock. Another blow to the head. On my count, there have been six headshots in two seasons and only one fatality. This means you only have a 16.66% chance of dying from a whack to the noodle. Um <laughs> That's Thanks for doing the math, um, Doug, because uh, I, I didn't want to have to do that. Um, he goes on, if I hear another wolf, I will Ralph. Um, <laughs> I agree. Oh, but Doug, we wolf you. We wolf you, Doug. Um, oh, and he says, Krav Maga, shout out to Rima Joe. Thanks. <laughs> he actually asked me one night when I was like, hey, I missed Krav or Krav class or something. He's like, what's Krav? So I was like, it's Krav Maga. Take classes. Um, so thanks for that, Doug. Um, he says, actress who plays the bondage chick was the cute little daughter in 1992's The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <gasps> That's right. That's also where I... Good eyes, man. Good eyes. I, that was a good movie, too, by the way. Have you seen that, Sean? Hand That Rocks the Cradle? I haven't. Cradle? Uh, no, I don't know if I have. You should. Rebecca De Mornay. Really good. Go watch it. Um, he goes on to say, still team Candace, unsure of her end game, but everything she has said till now is the truth. Just because you're dripping in hoo-ha doesn't mean you're all that. <laughs> New t-shirt idea. Oh, that's a really good t-shirt idea. Um, it's clear that love does not take lying or holding back the truth lightly. So when Joe started with his call me Joe, happy, sad, sick, I almost thought he was uh, going to add grumpy, bashful, and doc um, and other seven dwarves. So saw the Joe Delilah hookup coming. You could have been in the storage unit and still see it. I just want to feel good again. Okay, Halle Berry from Monsters Ball. Oh, that's right. Good good callbacks, Doug. Dang, you're bringing back all kinds of uh, memories for me. Uh, he goes on, thanks for the D. Episode 7, nice opening shot. Homage to rear window or body double. Milo, you are one hunk of a man. Does he have to be Australian? Are they all Hemsworths? <laughs> <laughs> 40 is so growing on me vagina traversing is that like base jumping mr diggory don't satan's butt plug and vagamite priceless the dating montage was a little silly but reminded me of the 40 year old virgin speed oh, dating yeah. scenes yeah but i'm telling you what doug um that's about what it's like out there that's why i'm just i'm just gonna die alone I, I i can't do it um anyway he goes on i like how we're getting more to joe's backstory complete with the asshole boyfriend stepdad now we see why he related to paco in season one and finally another blow to the head this time to delilah she lives shocker thus reducing the head trauma mortality rate to 14.3 percent <laughs> Thanks again, Doug, for the math. I feel bad for Dee. She's cool and she has no other motive than to seek justice for herself and others. I bet she gets out. All your love poisoning talk got me thinking. Maybe she assisted in her husband's demise due to his illness and he lied. Home stretch time. Now I'm off to celery cleanse. Keep up the great work. Uh, good <laughs> luck, Doug, on that celery cleanse. You got to keep it down. Oh, my gosh. Those negative calories. That, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not all. I, I've tried the green juice. I've done the green smoothies. Um, I've done the green smoothies before they were like, I mean, maybe they were popular in LA, but for our area, like before they got really popular, I would come in um, like with a protein shake with spinach. I'd take them to work when I still had an office out of home office job. The looks I would get. What are you <laughs> drinking? Oh, my God. I'm trying to be healthy, people. Um, didn't last long. Believe me. Tastes like shit. Um 
Anyway, we do have a couple voicemails this week. I love voicemails. So excited. The first one that we have is from our good friend, Laura. She says, have you missed me, guys? I've missed you. So she um, got caught up on the series and left us a nice voicemail. Hi, Rima and Sean. I've been a little bit behind with this new season of you, but I went a little bit bingy, and now I have caught up to episode five. Here are some of my thoughts so far. Uh, number one, I'm overall enjoying season two even more than season, season one. While I was on board for the cringeworthy train wreck that was Joe and his obsessive delusional kill fest, I'll admit that nearly every character in season one was utterly unlikable. Self-obsessed, social media <laughs> pimping, shallow, pseudo-intellectual dinguses. Even innocent Paco, who became an accomplice to Joe's manipulative murder game. I didn't know who to root for, and I was just there for the madness. Uh, I'll admit, Peach was at least a little interesting. Uh, someone who embraced their entitled, spoiled nature, but uh, which is more than I can say for Beck, who was boring and always the victim until she really ended up as the victim. Mm -hmm. So uh, R.I.P. Beck. Maybe buy some curtains in the next life. Um, but, you know, this brings us to Joe's new obsession, the lovely love. Um, a significant upgrade to Joe's last ex, in my opinion. She's smart and cute and nurturing, and, and she cooks to express her love. I want to date love. And how can you not love Victoria Paderdi after breaking all of our hearts as Mel in The Haunting of Hill House? Um, it's ironic that she's playing a twin again and trying to nurture and protect an addicted brother again. But do uh, you think they planned that or just fell into line that way? I do hope she doesn't wake up any uh, bent necked ladies in the night though. Uh, but beyond Beck, <laughs> I'm actually feeling things for these new characters this season. Uh, like 40 seems to be, he originally seemed to be just like a Benji 2.0, but then he, was actually given some subs substance and some heart, and we're actually feeling bad for the guy now. And oh, I love Real Will. I think that's Robin Lord Taylor. Oh, I love this character, mm -hmm. though he's been locked up in the murder box for most of the season. He has been spot on with his layman's analysis of Joe, and I was on the edge of my seat hoping that Joe wouldn't go all, you know, Joe on him. And was surprised when he actually sent him away. Um, the subplot of Delilah and Ellie is just as interesting as the main plot, which I wouldn't say um, I was similarly invested in Paco and his mother's plot in the first season. So overall, cool new characters that I can actually have some feeling for. Uh, number two, um, as a wishful would-be chef who's actually... You know, makes a pastime of reading cookbooks <laughs> to read them, not just to cook from them. The food porn alone in this season has me hooked. The scene where <laughs> Joe is cutting up the Russian mafioso while Love is making the rack of lamb and the blueberry mm. pie was both uh, horrifying and delicious at the same time. Number three, I love me some Candace. Finally, Joe has a true nemesis who really knows his true colors. Um... I personally have never liked Joe. I mean, yes, some of his social commentary is very on point, and I agree with it, but 
even when he monologues to himself about what a great guy he is and how he likes to fool himself into thinking that um, maybe even trying to fool the audience into thinking that he's some anti-hero who's just killing the bad guys and he's just a murderer whose self-talk bullshit and dramatic childhood gives him this higher purpose and an excuse to pardon his actions. When um, in episode five, which is the last one I saw, he and Candace had their little face face off. I was firmly on Candace's side, and I know there's already plans for a season three. So most likely Joe will not see his timely demise at the end of the season. But I'm truly, truly hoping that Candace will just fuck some of his shit up. But like I said, Really enjoying this. More excited to go on to each new episode this season than last season. And I am excited to catch up on the podcast, too. Thanks, guys. And I hope you have a great day. Bye. Awesome. Thanks. Sweet. Yeah, we missed you a ton. Glad, yes. Glad to get you back. Yes. Thank you so much, Laura. We're so happy to have you back. Thank you so much for that um, wonderful, insightful voicemail, as always. Um, really great friend of the podcast. We're happy to have her back. And of course, where would we be without our good friend, Steve Brown, who also um, contributes every week with an awesome voicemail as well. So let's see what he has to say. <laughs> good call with the the whole uh, Dexter reference with <laughs> Joe uh, from episode six. Anyway, I'm just throwing this in there as soon as I saw it. So I'm going to add to this later. <laughs> okay, so a um, couple more notes about episodes six and seven. I used to hate the Santa Anas. I grew up in Southern California, and I used to hate the Santa Ana winds. It just, oh, they're horrible. Hmm. And, um, you know, there is that question I think that Greg asked. How did Candace know that Joe, what he did with, with Beck? What, what was in the book, or how was it that, you know, that it was – uh, enough there for her to figure out that what he had done with Beck. And uh, do you think she's really gone uh, that uh, love, you know, paid her money and sent her away? Is she really gone or did maybe love kill her? Uh, I don't know. And I just kept thinking at the end there when he hooked up with Delilah that uh, they were on a break. So, um, and then, the, all those dating apps in episode seven, um, it's just crazy. I've, I, I didn't even try to look up any of them, but I thought that was, that was cool. His Invisicab didn't work this time when he was trying mm -hmm. to follow Milo. And, uh, you know, he keeps listing his kills and he starts with Benji and he doesn't list Mooney. I can't remember. Didn't he kill Mooney in season one? But when he does his lists, he just goes, whatever, Benji... Peach, Beck, Jasper, Ron. Sometimes he forgets to include Ron, but anyway. Um, and this one was the hardest not to go on there at the end with uh, Delilah in the, in the cage. So can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. That's awesome. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thank yeah, you, Steve. Uh, I, I feel like he's got a lot of like blocking of stuff he's done. So I, I, well, don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd look in too much when he starts with people that he's killed because i feel like there's more to that list than just what we've seen well and and gosh what was the guy's name that he threw off the rooftop uh was that one of was it one of candace's 
ex-boyfriends or someone that she was dating or cheating on Joe with or something. He just tossed oh, him off yeah. the rooftop. I don't know what that felt. I, maybe I, that name is totally blanking on me, but off he went. He totally left him off the list. So yeah. that but was not he, an all-inclusive list for sure. <laughs> he died of natural causes, but you threw him off the roof. Yeah, gravity's a natural thing. Gravity is natural, dude. It, it happens. We're all um, susceptible to gravity. That was some awesome feedback. I I love everyone's fun insight um, to the show and trying to pick apart uh, what what a lot of this means and also that everybody's just having fun with it like we are because it, it is definitely a show you don't want to take too seriously because if you did, it would totally drive you nuts. Oh, um, sure. yeah, so yeah. I'm glad everyone's having fun with it. And we are getting close to the end, guys. I'm so glad that you stuck with us. I know it's hard not to keep watching and and we start to kind of lose people, you know, as we get kind of like we're, we're coming to the end, but people, some people have like wrapped it up weeks ago and they've or moved on to the next thing so I really appreciate you know folks that have hung in there with us um, even if you've binged it and maybe you're still hanging out with us um, we appreciate it and I always appreciate hearing from you guys so thanks everyone yeah thanks everybody alright so next week we'll be covering the 8th episode from the Netflix TV show You titled Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills and the ninth episode titled P.I. Joe oh well I like the play on that Fear and Loathing in Beverly Hills that's fun and P.I. Joe here. this is backcountry yeah. <laughs> That's good. I always like they always have a good play on that. Good good job, Sean. We're real, we are really excited for you to follow us into the book basement or the storage unit. Um but until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook or Flinger at Facebook.com slash Stranger Tcast. And you can check us on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. Yeah, you can find me on Flinger. Go go find me. <laughs> But you can also email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com and you can find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Romance, that comes out every Sunday. What do we got this week? Oh, we've got a news story about a judge that ruled that a person that poached had to watch a specific Disney movie for Mm. a whole 30 days. And so we thought, what other crimes would we force people to watch a Disney movie for 30 days? So it was kind of a fun little play back and forth. Interesting. Well, that's fun. I'm going to check that out. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 117, Farewell, My Bunny, an Existential Crisis. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Vanessa Whitley is strange indeed.